1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL,
2: America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. with Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: Rami, how do you feel going into your first ever Write That Down session? Excited. Fired up. Jack. Anxious. Any nerves? Ready to go. Nope. I'm very confident in my prediction skills and that I will be taking that lovely, lovely trophy from Mr. Judd Zolgad when all is said and done in 2019. Are you talking the
0: bat or the termite that's clearly walking on your shoulder right now?
4: (laughs)
3: Hey, you know what? It doesn't bother me a bit.
4: I'm so proud of this bat. I want it. I want it badly. Hitting two sixty three in the year
5: 2018, I'm very proud. Write that down. Judge. show that. Uh, we are streaming live here, here <coughs> um, right, on YouTube, on Periscope, and Look on Facebook. Can, can oh, people man. see?
3: That is nice.
5: Yeah, we've got to, uh, an engraved congratulations to Judd Zolgad. 2018, <laughs>
3: write that down, batting average champion. On that bat from
1: 1915.
4: <laughs> 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 That's, that. a That's a bad nice bat. Brood gotta write that down right there. Watch, 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 yeah, make, the pre- watch make predictions right now and write that down. Uh, he's a winner. This guy, he deserves his supper tonight. See, watch the boys throw the predictions around the
5: room, Asi. Oh, there's
4: Phil having a great time. And Rami, oh yeah.
5: So here's what we've got in the room. We've got, Judd, we've got Phil, we've got Rami on the other side of the glass that you can't see if you're streaming here. in uh, Video for form. Jonathan. <laughs> and we've got Manny Hill. And we make predictions every week on this show. Three each. Mm-hmm. And unlike pretty much every other sports and non-sports talk show, we hold each other accountable with batting averages, and we come back and call each other out for our wrong prediction.
3: Yeah, a lot of shows, you make a prediction, and it just goes out into the ether. It goes into yeah. outer space, and it's gone, and nobody ever talks about it again. You're never held accountable. You're never given credit. Ooh. This this, this really... Not this, here, young man. This, everybody is held accountable yeah, around here. we got here. slugging percentages. We do, yes. The slugging percentages. How yeah. does, what's, what's that mathematical
5: formula?
0: And so, I tend to rank high in that one. Yeah, Jonathan
5: swings for the fences. <laughs> okay. So it's kind of a communal, we decide, when you get a correct prediction, it's either a single, a double, a ah, triple, or a I home see. run. Okay. And, we, and we, fact, we factor it into the All right. equation. So, All right. so Judd was actually also the silver slugger in Write That Down. Wow. Last year uh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yep! Yeah. Man! Not, Not
4: cool just the batting titles. average, but also... Adam Dunn, baby. That um, is outstanding. Moms.
6: So, let's go and through striking some of the out quite a bit, too. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: probably. laughs> oh, I wouldn't
4: bring that up if I were you, Manny. Oh, yeah. I can
6: I can trash talk with anybody just because of how yeah, bad I was.
4: It, you bring it Jimmy Butler. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, all right, let's go through oh, some of
5: the uh, the correct and incorrect predictions from the last week and then we'll go around the room and make our predictions. On write that down from uh, the Score North Studios here. I predicted that the Twins would spend at least $10 million a year on a position player this offseason. Nelson Cruz technically still qualifies as a position player. So we'll count that. Single. Uh, I said the Chargers would play in the Super Bowl. And that Andrew Wiggins would shoot less than 35% from the floor in his follow-up to that 40-point outburst. He shot 7 of 17,
6: 41%. So. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, he definitely tried. Yeah.
5: And, then he, and then he ducked down beneath 30% in the last game. So there's that. Uh, let's see here. Judd said Brian Dozier would return to the Twins for the 2019 season. Whoops. When did I say that? I'd like to apologize. <laughs> the question is, why did you say that? Drunk. Fair enough. You said the Chiefs would not make the AFC Championship game this year. You also said that last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Right, I, right. last year. Yeah. Uh, and that Mike McCarthy. I, I don't, we, This one might have already come off, but Mike McCarthy will not be named head coach of the Browns. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that was correct. Let me, correct. Uh, you said Tom Thibodeau will be gone from the Wolves sometime during or after the 2018-19 season. That's a sharp single. Yeah, that's not. I'm not taking money. I saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, That Brian Flare. Dozier would sign a one year contract with somebody for 2019, and that the Twins. This is a good one. I think this technically has to count that the Twins will have at least one new bar inside Target Field. That market area has yep. alcohol. Oh yeah, an outdoor bar. Every year we got a new bar at Target Field. We're going to count that for Judd. That's going to be a double because they just added one last year and now it's to go back-to-back back years. Uh, Manny said... until next year.
4: When they do it again, I predict it again.
5: <laughs> Manny said Carl Anthony Towns would uh, would card a double-double. This is in the game against the Mavericks last week. Uh, Wiggins would lead the team in points and the Wolves would win. And nope. Most of those things didn't happen. Only one. Yep. Uh, Jonathan said Machado and Harper would both be off the market...
0: No. I said oh, they still, were still on not. the market? Yeah, I said it's still not signed. Oh, okay.
5: Yeah. We'll give you the point then. But you then said Wiggins would have a double double yeah. against the Mavericks.
0: That up. Incorrect. Thanks, Wiggins.
5: Listener predictions <laughs> Tom F. predicted Brian Dozier would sign with either Boston, Arizona, or San Diego this offseason. <laughs> and uh, none of those things happened for Brian Dozier. So, the updated batting average, before we dive into predictions for the week. Now, this is just
3: for 2019, right? Correct. Okay. Yep. All this right. is a
5: clean slate now. Okay. We should have career averages, though. We should go back Probably. and calculate. Probably.
3: Yeah. But, uh, Jud- <laughs> that's all you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Judd is off to a great start 455 and slugging Ooh. 636. Oh, he's retaining that. That's pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hitting 400 and slugging 400. Manny is batting 143 and slugging 286, and everyone else doesn't have enough plate appearances to qualify. Okay. so All right. So that's how we roll. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's the accountability session. We'll go around the room. We'll start with Judd. All right. We'll just do one prediction each around the room, and then we'll make that circle three times. Okay. My
4: first write that down for this Friday is very simple. Kyler Murray will be drafted and on an NFL roster this coming season. So he's got the baseball contract. There's talk about if he'll fulfill that, if he'll play football. He's going to be drafted, and he's going to be on an NFL roster. He's going to be with a team this coming season. Okay. Will he also
5: play baseball? I don't. I think he might give the money back. Do you want to go on the record? No. Spice up your take? <laughs> no, because not. I don't have a good feel quite yet for that one, that part of it.
2: Write this down. Write that down. I don't have a
4: pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. Okay.
0: John. Alrighty, Kevin Stefanski will be the Jacksonville Jaguars' head coach in 2020.
4: Ooh! Ooh. Ooh. All right. So does he fire flip now or uh, not till he gets the job? <laughs> <laughs> hey, John. Kevin, what's up? You're
5: fired.
2: Why? Because <laughs> I'm coming. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right.
6: Over around to Manny Hill. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who announced uh, earlier this week, who. He, uh, is transferring to Oklahoma from Alabama will win the 2019 Heisman Trophy. Ooh, All right. I like
5: it.
2: Spicy, spicy. Write this down. No. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right.
6: Rami, this
5: is Rami's first ever prediction. Mine. write that first
3: down. First ever prediction and write that down. Derek Rose will stay a Timberwolf this season and re sign with the team and return next season. Okay. Hmm. Alright. That might run contrarian to my third write that down. Oh. Can't wait till we get mm.
2: there. Write it down. You like mm. writing things down. Come after the bat. You know you want the bat.
4: You know you want the bat, Robbie. I
3: want it so bad. So bad. I would just walk around here with that thing. Like like Al Capone in The Untouchables sort of if I heavy. won that. Just uh, in a ski mask just creeping around the hallways. All right, no, I shouldn't Rami. walk around
5: in a ski mask. No, Rami, don't
3: do it. I'm already on a watch list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what
4: the heck. Go for
5: it. Alright, write this down. So Judd Zolgad is the king of hedging in Write That Down, okay. where he'll make one prediction early in the year, <laughs> and then make the opposite prediction later on. As you just on.
0: heard with like the eight Brian Dozier guesses that he had. It's because right. I'm old and I forget. It's not
4: because I'm
5: hedging. <laughs> so Wait till you're 49. <laughs> so Smart Alex. I'm going to say Judd Zolgad will hedge at least five times in Write That Down in 2019. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've already right had two down. week bunts to start off the round. Okay, you gotta, listen, when it, when the when the batting oh. title winner was
5: a, a two sixty hitter last year, you gotta start with some singles early in the year.
3: Get the momentum going.
5: All right, back to Judd.
4: The Kansas City Chiefs will face the Saints in the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs will beat the Patriots at home on Sunday. The Saints will beat the Rams in the Superdome on Sunday. And the Chiefs and Saints will play in the Super Bowl.
2: Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. The next head coach
0: of the Minnesota Timberwolves will be either Ryan Saunders or Becky Hammond.
4: Ooh. Oh. That's spicy. Huh? Okay. Care to go up top there and drop Saunders off that list entirely?
0: Nope. Oh. nope. You're not going to get me to do it. <laughs> not this time. That
4: could be all did you
5: Did you give any consideration to Cheryl Reeve? Nope. Just nope.
0: Just Becky Hammond. Write that down. Write that down. I I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that then.
6: All right, Manny Hill. My Tennessee Volunteers men's basketball team, ranked third in the country right now, will be in Minneapolis for the final four. Wow.
0: Just how excited would you be if that happened? I would be
6: a kid in a candy store. Me and Chip Scott. (laughs) Because it's such a basketball
0: (laughs) school. You guys are known for your great
6: basketball. Well, women's basketball, yeah. Rest in peace, Pat Summit. I love how the most noteworthy
5: thing in Tennessee men's basketball history is how much Bruce Pearl sweated <laughs> through sport I coats. I this thought
2: you were going to say Bruce so Pearl bad. when he
3: painted himself orange or and went to a women's <laughs> volunteer game.
2: That could have <laughs> been healthy.
3: <laughs> Shirtless. Bruce Pearl.
2: Down. Write it wrong. down. You like writing things down. All right,
3: back to Rami. Could have been president painted orange. Uh, my next prediction: six five one six four six six <laughs> two five five. Do you like your president orange? My next prediction for write that down is Byron. Buxton will be an all-star in 2019.
5: Whoa. You know, I got to go go back through some of these uh, these predictions. I think Judd is on the record with Byron Buxton being a World Series MVP by the year 2020.
4: <laughs> really? That was a home run prediction, I think.
5: Yeah. Was that for last year or was it for a
4: three-year window? I don't window? remember, but I think I came out with that one when we did our, uh, we did like three
5: home run segments yeah, last year. Yeah, we do forced home run segments yeah, you have, to have a home run. Oh, okay. You have to make right. home run predictions. All right.
2: Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. All
5: right. right. I'm Andy Reid, I think, is if he's not the best head coach in NFL history to not have a Super Bowl, he's definitely on a list of three or five. He's on a short list mm-hmm. with all the regular season success. Write this down. The Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid will win the Super Bowl this year. They will beat the Patriots wow. this weekend, and then they will beat whoever is in front of them coming out of the NFC, probably Drew Brees. And Andy Reid will cash in with his first Super Bowl championship this All year. right.
2: Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Right,
5: final round
4: here, John All right. Derek Rose, as I alluded to before, mm-hmm. will be traded by the Wolves before the season is finished. Derrick Rose will be moved before the season is finished to a contending team. I'm not going to give you the team. I don't know yet. I don't see that clearly. <laughs> what I do see clearly is that Derrick Rose will be
6: elsewhere by the end of the season. And Write I, this down. I think that should be almost at least a triple because of Derrick Rose having the no trade on his contract. Oh, interesting. So he'd have to. he, He'll wave he gets it. to dictate then. He'll wave it. So I think that should be at least a triple for Judd. If okay. Gets it. Thank
5: you, Manny. Mental note on that. We'll give Judd, if that happens, we'll give Judd an extra point. Write that down. Jonathan?
0: Out of these teams, there's going to be two firings by the end of 2019. <laughs> The Vikings, Wolves, Twins, Wild, go for football, go for basketball.
5: Wait, I'm typing this in. <laughs> so
0: every of, team in town. Them? Did yeah. you say that as quick as possible? Yeah, all the teams in town huh. of all of them. There's still going to be two two coaches fired, two head coaches fri- fired by the end of 2019. I
3: need a clarification. Does that include if Ryan Saunders it does not get the head coaching job if he is dismissed? No, because he's interim. Okay, all right. Wait, so but did you say a, the Wolves coach? So oh, you're he's saying out of all those teams there will be two firings. Name yeah. the teams again. <laughs>
5: Vikings. I just want. Hey, listen, we're taking accurate notes yeah, here, okay? Yeah.
0: Vikings, Wolves, Twins, Wild, go for football and go for basketball. Okay. Okay. Two
5: might be at the right way f- we're going, Jonathan. <laughs> are you putting, putting Lindsey Whalen in this mix with the four-game losing streak that they snapped? Or is it just go for men's basketball?
2: Mm, we'll do both men and women. <laughs> I like it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All
6: right, over to Manny. <laughs> All right, a couple of weeks ago, gentlemen, I had a uh, write-that-down prediction that both Toronto teams would make their finals, that being the Maple Leafs and the Raptors. I'm going to take a step further. The Maple Leafs will make the Stanley Cup Finals. And for the first time since I'm not entirely sure, but a really, really long time, the Stanley Cup Finals will have two Canadian teams. Woo! Mm. So it's either going to be, it, it'll be like a Winnipeg or a Calgary or somebody like that facing Toronto and in the Stanley Cup NBC finals. executives <laughs> yeah. will jump off skyscrapers <laughs> yes. in New York Write City. Write this down, in all-Canada <laughs> Stanley Cup final. You
2: 0. 0.0 ratings. <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down.
3: All right, Rami Makhlop. Gary Gary Kubiak. Will be the head coach of your Minnesota Vikings wow. before the end of 2019.
0: Oh. Wow. Wow. That a, that a right that wow! That a way to show up. Write that. Wow! That a way to show up. Look at this guy right here. That's amazing.
3: Wow! Coming in hot. <laughs> Love it. Now it might be interim. I want to put that caveat on it. It might be interim. Oh, come, on. He, Gary oh, yeah, come on, Gary Kubiak will be the head coach of That's the Minnesota Vikings.
6: Rami coming in like up. Ivan Drago against <laughs> Apollo Creed, man. Just
5: uh, I'm going to need Judd at to leave the room for my final prediction because it is about okay. Judd, and I don't want him. The first one was too, but he's going to forget about the hedging thing. Call me
4: back in, though. That's why he love. hedges because yeah. he forgets yeah. about
5: the hedging thing. So there's actually, no way he'll actually, you know, what, you know what? Know what? Because you got to take Josh Arnold next. Yeah. You can stay in the room for this. I don't even care. Okay. Judd Zolgad, who has emptied ah. the tank with wild rants the last three days. Like there's nothing <laughs> left. There's nothing left to say about the wild. That's Never say nothing. Saying. Judd will still find a way to write an <laughs> angst filled column, somehow berating the wild on score before he, the end of the month. Because he can't help himself. <laughs> before <laughs> before you, the end you, of you, January. You, you've buried them in audio, written, and even perhaps video form. There's nothing left to say, but you will find more to say in a negative column about the Wild between now and the end of the month.
4: Oh, no question about it.
5: I've written two in the past two days. I know, know. There's nothing left to say. I use words like feeble, dogs. Oh, man. So let's write that down, and you can find it at 5 o'clock every single Friday on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North on 1500. Would you take Jimmy
6: Butler and Ben Simmons? You're not taking two of them. Whoa! who are you taking? Ben Simmons. Uh-huh. I would take Ben Simmons as well. Can you imagine Jimmy Butler in the All Star game? He'd be really complaining about not getting shot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. So mean,
6: there are a few more. You they're, think he complained about not getting shots in Philly? He's <laughs> him he <laughs> <laughs> he playing the All Star game. He's not pass the ball to me.
5: Chuck was on fire last night, man. He was ripping Kyrie Irving too. Oh yeah, I bet he was. Yeah, ripping Peckery. Jimmy Butler. Um, actually, on the. On the Jimmy Butler front, he's a he's a great example of there's certain players that are are great on the court or on a field or whatever the, the sport is, but are really boring to watch in an all-star game. Like I don't find when I think of an all-star game in the NBA, I'm thinking Kevin Durant and I want to see LeBron James. But Jimmy Butler's got this grinded out style. Are there other players like that you guys can think of? Ben Wallace was one of them. Remember Ben Wallace, that defensive the, the center for the Pistons about 15 oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Definitely remember. You definitely want Ben Wallace on your team. Right. But, the, but I don't need to see Ben Wallace in an all star game, just yeah. like
3: post defense. <laughs> you know? I mean, Dennis Rodman was the ultimate guy in that category, right? But he was fun because he, yeah. he was such a train wreck.
4: <coughs> he he brought right, the train, theatrics. Yeah. The theatrics were right. so high there. But like just think, thinking about really good players, but they're workmanlike. So it's like all-star game
3: wise, this is sort of boring to watch. Does as a Chauncey fit fit in that in that description? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like yeah, all, all-star production, but not not the flair to his game that necessarily makes it the most entertaining. Well, that to that watch. whole
5: Pistons team, right? Rip Hamilton, Taeshon Prince. Prince, yeah, wildly effective player, but just like Tayshaun like Tayshaun the Prince. paint paint dry personality, and that whole team was like that for sure. The other thing that Barkley said. He took. I'll just. I'll. I'll just paraphrase it and then throw a question at you guys. It was him ripping Kyrie Irving uh, for calling LeBron James to apologize for being an immature, difficult guy to deal with. If you were a a fan of a team, say the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, if it was your team that LeBron James and Kyrie Irving both left or demanded out of because they couldn't coexist, and then. Like once Kyrie left, LeBron's like, well, I'm not going to stick around with this crappy roster of J.R. Smith's. Right. And then a couple years later, Kyrie says, yeah, I feel bad about that. All those things that everyone thought about me being immature and like wanting, wanting out of a situation that I probably shouldn't want out of. Yeah, all those people were right. I was being immature. He ruined a dynasty, and he basically admitted it when he when he brought that up publicly this week. I find that really interesting. I would be furious if I was a Cleveland fan. Now, does Braun stay there for sure? Does
4: LeBron stay there if Kyrie doesn't? Yeah, probably. Yep. They
5: probably, probably
4: win at I least another be title or two. I got to be honest on Kyrie. I don't get him. Like, he seems to me to be – he's a great player, but there seems to be a lot of angst there that I don't get sometimes. Basketball players, and I don't know why, seem to like to torture the, themselves mentally. Like, it's like, okay, dude, you're good, and that's great, but you can't get upset – Basketball players get upset about their sport, but like I I get upset about wild games where you both are like, that's not rational. Like Kyrie goes around ranting and raving, and it's okay, dude, settle down. It's you know you get to the playoffs, you're fine. And Kyrie, I think he's just a I think he's a weird dude.
3: He is a weird dude, and I I get the sense that Kyrie wants to be seen as as I'll, Outside of basketball, he wants to be seen as introspective and thoughtful and thought-provoking, which is the only reason you proposed a the theory that the earth is flat. <laughs> and I, I think that's what he was trying to do with these comments. When when he said, I, I called and apologized to LeBron and realized the error of my ways as a younger man, he, he wants basketball fans to look at him and go... Man, there's a thoughtful dude who, who, who grew up, who's really self-aware and can admit his, his faults and his mistakes as, as a younger man. But I think most sports fans look at it and go and say exactly what Phil just said. Dude, you busted up a dynasty. Yeah. Cause you were a dumbass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, yeah. that, I think that's how most fans look at it. I yeah. think he, he tries so hard sometimes to be that thoughtful guy or that thought provoker that he makes, he makes himself look bad sometimes. Yeah, I think he I think he shoots himself in the foot with stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well here
5: here's the next level of if you're okay if he really goes all the way and says, yeah, man, I just didn't I just didn't really understand leadership. And now I'm sorry, LeBron and LeBron, by the way, when he got that call, there was an article written in The Athletic. He was sitting at dinner in L.A. with Kevin Love. Yeah, I know. For, for, for the first time in six months or something. How about that for a <laughs> Kyrie? That Arana? poor, that poor guy, Kevin Love. <laughs> but imagine because the Lakers have all this room to add. Imagine if Kyrie says, all right. I'm gonna go play for the Lakers and they bring and and they just do the same thing that they were gonna do in Cleveland, but they do it for
3: the Lakers. Actually just- Stephen A. Smith <laughs> tweeted out yesterday that his his sources are saying that Kyrie's apology to LeBron clears the way for him to join LeBron with the Lakers next year.
4: I want, I still want, because I think it, it would be the ultimate beautiful train wreck, Butler and Kyrie together. I think that would be just that would be a fabulous theater. That would be a they lot would, of fun. They man. would kill each other, but it, it'd be worth it to watch it. Those two together, if you made them both next, do you know how great, in that market, with the post there and the tabloids, mm-hmm. how much fun those two because because every day one of them would be dissatisfied or disgruntled about something. Yeah. And there's
5: just not enough basketball to go around oh, for either. those two guys. There I just, love that isn't stuff. enough
3: basketball to go around for
5: Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. It's also the beauty of the NBA and that. We're literally just sitting here and like, what if this and this and this? And it's all realistic. Right. That's the way the NBA has evolved and contracts are are
3: shorter in the NBA. There's almost no reckless speculation in the
5: NBA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why the summer's so great. It could be
3: absolutely (laughs) ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, because the the most reckless
5: speculation you could have come up with is four years ago, LeBron James is going to go back to, he's going to leave this thing that they have going in Mm -hmm. in Miami and he's going to go back to Cleveland. Can you imagine that? And it happened. And then from there, it would have been, man, what if LeBron went to the villainous franchise? What if LeBron went to the Lakers and said, bleep it, I'm out of here. I'm leaving my hometown again. Go to the Lakers. Like That's not reckless. Right. It happened. It actually
3: happened. And it was a complete and total realistic possibility all along, no matter how crazy it might have sounded on the surface.
4: Basketball, though, has perfected the art of the storyline. They have perfected it now. And and that's why I would argue that, that... as a basketball follower and fan, the month of July far more intriguing than let's say January, because you got games now, and that's fine. And there might be a thing here or, or, or there, but when you've got guys moving around and you don't know, and there's storylines, and there's ultimately always at least one or two guys PO'd and disgruntled, it's great theater. They have they have taken wrestling and almost in some ways made it more real. And so the the um,
5: the dissatisfaction of players and the weird stuff that takes place is just great. Yeah. Can I? I've floated this by you. Can I float my theory on how to fix Major League Baseball's offseason by Rami here since we got a few minutes before sure. we wrap with Royce, yeah, I'd love to hear it. And maybe you and I can flush this out on a touch them all episode mm-hmm. next week. But I think if you're not going to get a salary cap in Major League Baseball because there's no way that the Yankees and the Red Sox would agree to fund the raise, right? Like it's just. Fully. It's just not going to happen. Right. But part of what makes off-season activity so fast and furious in the NBA and in other sports is, well, in the NBA, you know it's a five-year max contract or a four-year max contract, and you know that this is how much money you can make on the top end. There's no negotiating. There are max players, and then there are players who are slotted Everybody Everybody's slotted. Yeah. In baseball, there's no parameters for anything, so players just sit out there. And they have their idea of what they should make and how long they should make it for. And teams have their That's why it takes five months for someone to sign. I think if you could cap the number of years on a contract, I think both sides would benefit because Bryce Harper would know I can only sign a five year contract right now. And teams would feel fully comfortable paying for ages 25 to 30. So he would just, he would, it would just be a matter of who's going to give him 40 million versus 35 million a year for those five years. Right. I think it would go quicker. We'd have more frenetic activity in December and
3: everybody would be happy. I want to know why it's, 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 and I know some of the answers to this, but I don't think it's fully clear to anybody why the market has slowed down to the point that it's slowed down in free agency and Major League Baseball the last couple of years. It used to be. A frenzy. It used to be a free for all. As soon as the season ended, and you would get to the GM meetings, and things would start to brew, and then you got to the winter meetings, and it was just every man for himself, yep. and there were signings left and right, and the 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 winter meetings were a, a beehive of activity, and it was just buzzing. You know why? And here in these last two years, everybody just put away the pocketbooks. And they wait until January and February to see how far down these players will bring down their prices.
4: I got one name and and it starts there and goes and goes outward from there. Albert Pujols, the 10-year contract, the Harpers of the world, the the agents in baseball, as you know, don't back off. They don't back down, right? They run the PA, basically. And they said, okay, uh, heretofore, the Pujols contract is normal. Well, baseball got some smart young guys who were like, that's the stupidest thing I've seen. And, and the Angels were absolutely crazy. So I think, and this is why I'm pretty certain that we're going to have some type of uh, strike or lockout in the coming years, because the agents are still trying to run the business of baseball like you and I have seen it for years. And executives are like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And they're smart. But I think if you can come to an agreement that does what Phil says, shorten up contracts and here's the trade-off I give you I give you free agency way quicker so so now you don't have to be what six years in correct yeah, yeah. so now you have to be three years in but I cap things at five years. I think that's how how we can eventually get to a place in the new baseball world where where we do ha- have it so that there is actually a signing period as opposed to spring trainings coming and you're two and you're two superstar players on the market. Are sitting there, and by the way, I'm a big
5: baseball fan. I'm bored. Actually, along these these conversation lines here, Evan Longoria just posted something to his Instagram account that I see going around here. That's it's, it's kind of sort of an interesting plea to fans and to just to the baseball world. I'm just going to read this to you guys because it goes off what Jub was saying. We are less than a month from the start of spring training, and once again, some of our game's biggest stars remain unsigned, and he has a picture of Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Craig Kimbrell, and Dallas Keuchel. Such a shame. It seems every day now, somebody is making up a new analytical tool to devalue players, especially free agents. As as fans, why should value for your team be a consideration? It's not your money. It's the money that players have worked for their whole lives to get to that level and be deserving of. Bottom line, fans should want the best players and product on the field for their team. And as players, we need to stand strong for what we believe we are worth and continue to fight for the rights that we have fought for time and again. I almost feel like that was directed at our segment from <laughs> 420 today. But you know what?
6: He's wrong,
4: though. He's, he's 100% wrong. Salaries and, and, more importantly, term is out of control. We're trying to get that back now. They They worked hard. They got something, but just because we got to that point with a few players does not mean that that should be the norm. So I take exception because a smart market and a smart sport does not give 10-year
3: contracts to guys approaching 30. You just don't do it. We talked about that two days ago. I know Josh Arnold is the money guy on this show, but it's a market correction. It's a yeah. it's a bubble that's yeah. burst in, in Major League Baseball as far as salaries go.
0: Huh? Players should be paid, but there's no reason it should be at $400 million. Like. I get you deserve to be paid, but like Rami just said, this is definitely a market correction. These guys are realizing we can't pay these guys four hundred million dollars. They're worth a lot of money, but not four hundred million dollars worth. And especially they may be worth two hundred million but they're not 400 million dollar athletes.
3: And especially not on the back end yeah. of a 8 or 10 year yep. deal. They 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 are not they, they don't you don't get the return on investment to keep the uh, Every, financial terms yeah. flowing here. You don't get the return on investment in the last 4 or 5 years of an 8 or 10 year deal in major league baseball.
0: Every other sport has shortened the length of the contract. It's time mm-hmm. for baseball to come to that realization too. And
3: front offices are sort of yep. just doing that de facto. They're mm-hmm. just like,
5: "Oh we're, dude, we're not going to Hey, Machado. And I, I we think get it, but we're not going to give you 10 years.
3: I think if, your guys ideas combined is actually realistic because the players aren't giving up anything that they've earned in terms of collective bargaining unless they get something in return. And they're not going to see the, the the benefits of shortening the contracts that you laid out, Phil. They, they just aren't going to see that and admit to that. But if you give them what Judd mentioned, which is you get to hit free agent earlier after your third or fourth year in the league rather than six years of service time, I think that might be a concession that that the players that the players would make, they'd say, okay, cap the contracts at five years or six years or whatever you want to make it, but we get to hit free agency after our third or fourth year of service time. Yeah. I think that's a realistic resolution to this dead off season that it's turned into the last two seasons. It is so weird. So, but baseball and hockey are a little bit similar in
5: that you draft guys when they're really young. And you sort of roll the dice, and it's kind of 50-50 even on the top five overall picks. I mean, number one overall is usually a winds up being some sort of a serviceable player. But hockey has two-way contracts. Hockey doesn't have Minor the count. same yep, right. type of service time deal, like where your clock starts here, Correct. right? They don't have like an actual number of days on your service time clock. Yes. So should baseball learn something from hockey? They should, but, but because the agents in
4: baseball are so powerful— and essentially run the PA, that's the problem. Every other sport, for for the most part, has come to realize its financial problems at times, at different times, and so the ownership has been able to get some control. Baseball is the one through the years, because of its power, where the players have time and time again had control. And until that changes, and, and baseball has to, has to at this point, I think, Sit down on both sides and say, guys, we're we're still making a lot at times, but we're not in great shape here. You know? We're not, we this is not 1978 now. And until baseball gets to the point where this becomes some form of partnership, because it still feels like the players are saying, I want mine, give me my 10 years. And the guys that own teams are saying, Hey, we got ours. And nobody is looking out for, okay, but is what both you sides are doing right now is that what's best for for the sport where other sports at least have had to have that conversation at different times in their history. Yeah.
5: So, I don't know. It's I get it. I get what Evan Longoria is saying and I get what fans are saying, which is, well, give pay, pay him. Pay that man his money if I could steal from <laughs> Teddy KGB.
4: But as a fan, <laughs> but like but as a fan if if Harper signs a 5-year multi-million dollar contract tomorrow, you're not going to say well, that seems highly unfair, right? but, but he's going to sit there until, in his mind, he gets eight to ten years. right? If,
5: how much would you guys give, so right now, because I'm assuming that Bryce Harper is demanding eight years, nine years, ten years, and that's why this is, so if, if it was capped at five years, and you were paying for Bryce Harper's age 26 through 30 or 31 seasons, how much money per year would you give Bryce Harper? If you were the Chicago Cubs, or if you were the Philadelphia oh, if Phillies, oh, if I'm one of
3: those teams, I have that kind of budget. Forty, yeah, I'd give him forty a year. So he'd wind up making
5: more money, yes. in the long run by taking a shorter term contract.
3: Yeah, unless I, unless he blows his leg out or I something. I don't know that you. <laughs> I don't know that you'd convince them of that. And another thing is the security of, like you said, if I if I get injured or if my career just goes in the tank. At, You're
4: giving him $40 million over five years. He's very secure, Rami. He's secure, but he could
3: be more secure. <laughs> well,
0: what's he going to do? Buy Las Vegas? <laughs> yes. You're trying to tell a billionaire that $40 million exactly. is a lot of money. That's right. It's not going to work. <laughs> Good point.
3: <laughs> also, I, when
5: we asked Rami yesterday, what can you do with $20 million that you can't do with ten? He's like, a I'll lot. find a lot of things. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, Luther Brookdale. Actually, you know what? $20 million will buy you uh, a lot of, lot of things at Luther Brookdale Toyota. Some good. Buy the whole lot. And uh, it probably will. You could probably just buy Luther Brookdale Toyota. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll have to run that up the flagpole
3: there. I won't run it nearly as well as they do, so I'll, <laughs> I'll leave that to them. I just brought the cards.
5: So you can stop by 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard and find out why my family and I have been going to the same place for not just my driving life, going back to 2001 or two, but going back to the 1980s. I remember when... My mom had a baby blue Celica from the mid-80s where the the headlights flipped up like eyelids. And I remember as a little kid going in to the old Luther Brookdale Toyota. It was Toyota City. And uh, now they got the new stadium, so to speak. They've got some of the same great people and also some of the same great durable vehicles and all the bells and whistles that get upgraded on an annual basis. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and Luther Brookdale Toyota dot com.
0: Boys, Royce is on the line, and he says he's got something that's going to stir you up.
1: Well, then. Here's the premise. Are you ready? Ready. Here's the premise. Uh, in ricy time, all decades for professional sports in Minnesota start with the one, right? Because we became the twins of the Vikings arrived in, in one. It's 1961. So it's sixty-one, seventy. Okay. This decade. Uh, the bite, the wild trade got me thinking about this. So, starting in two thousand eleven, professional athletes in the Twin Cities four major sports who arrived with a big build-up since two thousand eleven, who has been better than we thought they were going to be
5: since well, since two thousand eleven.
1: The only one I can pick of who's actually better than we thought he was going to be. Now, Thielen and Diggs don't count because there's no buildup for them. They were just guys who got better, and even Daniel Hunter doesn't count. Who's better? Look at the look at the wild. Niederreiter, not as good as we thought. Coyle, not as good as we thought. Zucker, not as good as we thought. Granlin, not as good as we thought. Brodine, not as good as we thought. And Dumba, we don't know because he got hurt. Dumba's the only one of six of them that's as good as we thought he was going to be. Nobody in this town, Eddie Rosario, maybe, but we don't know for sure because he flattened out this year. Nobody in this town is ever better than we thought they were going to be when we give them the big build-up, right?
4: Well, uh, yeah. yeah, and and th- there was that whole that way. and there was that whole crop <laughs> of players with uh, Sano and Buxton and Bridgewater yeah, and Cat well, and Wiggins. Yeah, okay, thanks, Pat. Yeah, Cat
1: Wiggins. Neither neither of those guys. Wiggins is way worse than we thought. Cat's Cat's no better than we thought he was going to be. Uh, I mean Joel Embiid shows up and he runs and night in the locker room. So uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what is with it? Nobody in this town's ever better than we're, you know, we build them up and they, they nobody, 80, 90% of them don't reach expectations and, you know, the, the rest of them might be, one out of every 10 guys is as good as we thought he was going to be. And one guy in the entire Twin Cities who came with a big rep is better than we thought he was going to be. And that's Harrison Smith. Well, I, Tell I, me I'm wrong. I'm trying. Tell me to, I'm <laughs> wrong. Fight me. Fight
5: me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fight me. Is that, is that
1: a new segment you guys got? Fight me. Yeah, it it so.
5: is. It flopped a little bit yesterday when uh, when, guy. when, I, when I, our guy Rami thought he was going to be fought and yeah. nobody wanted to fight Rami. You're I tried trade with him. I tried well, to yeah. pick a fight. And well, I tried, tried, pick it with fight.
3: Pat. Pick it with Pat. Pat. Uh, the the, the the fight the fight I tried to pick yesterday and it's it's uh, Romeo here. Um, was that? Scottie Pippen and Tracy McGrady both said that uh, Zion Williamson should should shut it down. He's proven enough to be the number one pick in the NBA draft, and he can only hurt that stock now by either getting injured or his play taking a turn for the worse. So they said, just shut it down, start getting ready for the NBA draft, and I 100% agree with them. Fight me, Patrick Royce. Ah uh, well,
1: uh, I, I can't fight you too much. I heard the same thing, <laughs> go, and home, I you? thought they. I I thought they were just hot taking myself. I thought they thought, okay, I'm going to say something that's really going to get people mad, and then they'll mention that we're on TV because they might not know that we're on TV. So, uh, uh you know, I think that uh, the guy because he's injured right now, or you know, I, I think he's got to play to uh, to prove that. Uh, I don't think he's the cinch number one draft choice if he doesn't play. Yeah. I, I don't think he is. I mean, he's he's fantastic, but I don't think he's the sixth number one draft choice. I think he's got to play. Now, I'd love to see him not play. That means the Pukies won't be at the Final Four here at, uh, <laughs> in, uh, at the Taj Mazzigui. Anything that hurts Duke, I'm in favor of. But uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, although what my reaction when I heard that was, it's going to happen. Maybe not with this kid, but it's going to happen right
3: yeah I would think so
1: somebody, I, would th- I would think yeah, eventually somebody, is,
3: somebody takes that leap,
1: yeah, in a year or two, somebody's the certain number one and the, the next LeBron. but what we're not we're probably not going to have one and done uh what after next year or the year after that, it's pretty soon they're going to get rid of the one and done and they're going to go back to the uh you know that you go you can either go in out of high school or then you got to spend two years in college or something like that hey, they're gonna have some they're going to have a different role. You guys haven't proven me wrong on any of these wild players yet. So what's the deal, Jet? i nut them any
4: better. They're washouts, Pat. They're disappointments. They they should all be traded. They will be. <laughs> uh did you see the uh, big story in the Star Tribune today? Final four price tag hits $10 million. And then the subhead is NCAA doesn't reimburse prep costs, meaning taxpayers' foot bill for big event.
1: Now, Rochelle wrote that, and I, yes. I want to support Rochelle fully here. But by pointing out that the NFL paid their expenses uh, when for the stadium when the NCAA doesn't, we did not point out that they also got $50 million of free stuff from the uh, you know from the city and everybody else. They gave them the convention hall, rent and that whole thing for free. And the corporations raised $50 million and basically gave the NFL all this free stuff. So it's not like, uh, you know, the NCAA is not demanding free hotel rooms for everybody and stuff like that, like the NFL did. So I still think the NFL is bigger scumbags, but what, <laughs> what they never told us when they were bidding for the Final Four is they had to put curtains before they decided to turn this into a glass house, and and they wanted to get the Final Four. Shouldn't somebody know that? Hey, if we do this, we're going to have to spend six million dollars for curtains. For uh, you know that they they the whole administration of that place, starting with former Turkey of the Year runner-up Michelle Kell Helgen. They did not give the public the uh, full story on a whole lot of stuff over there, including the $6 billion curtains.
5: Yeah. Hey, Pat, since we're running now and we're just like topic, topic, topic here, we uh, we did a little, I don't know, two-segments, me bashing my head against a brick wall payroll discussion today. It started with me fighting with people at like 7 a.m. on Twitter.
1: Well, what do they want? What do they want with the Twins?
5: To spend more money this offseason.
1: Well, they're up to $97 million.
5: Well, they were at 130 last year. Is the argument?
1: Yeah. Well, what good did it do? You know, I agree. Spend money, but uh, you know, spend it when it makes sense. What? What? Who do they want? Who do they want them to go buy, get? Yeah. Well, here's a, here's well, the, here's the question that you we, that know we... Bryce Harper. You could call up and make Bryce Harper the best offer in the world. He'd say, "Are you kidding? I'm not going to come up there and freeze my butt off." In a in a nothing market, you know. I mean, you could none of those guys would sign here, so forget
5: that. Yeah. Well, the other question we landed on was, because I, I think this is the this is the crux of it. How often should the Polads ads or any major league baseball ownership group? How often should they? Be willing to take multi-million-dollar losses to serve the fans, a higher payroll, and to make pushes for. I mean, what's what's reasonable to expect in? Well, I
1: don't. They're not losing money. I don't think. No, I'm not but, saying they are. But like, no, if, if no. you wanted to spend but, 150
5: yeah, but, million dollars or something,
1: well, here's my uh, theory. By the way, I think the uh, main reason they put it up to 97 is because of Jim Bullhead. I think there was a. Uh, rumors that I heard that uh the the boys were thinking about tearing her down to sixty five or $70 million and uh and uh the old lad said, No, we can't do that. We can't get the public matter at us. So that's so they went out and spent a little money. And they're gonna get a they're gonna get another pitcher and they'll be up a hundred and five, hundred and ten, who cares? You know, don't you think? They're gonna get some starting pitcher, I would think.
5: Yeah, I think yeah, I, I mean, think it's, it's just it's January eighteenth, and people are angsty about the payroll. So, hey, Roycey. Well, I don't what C
4: three today's Star Tribune. Our guy Sid, he's turned on Tibbs. T- turned on Tibbs. T- like Tibbs trades day. missed the mark. What happened? He was the last guy <laughs> in the media to talk
1: to to Tibbs. He was it'll bragging about that. He'll be ninety nine on March fifteenth, and he still knows where his bread is buttered. Baby, <laughs> it's unbelievable. He's unbelievable, poor Tibbs. His guy, he turned on Tibbs. It's great though. As I said on Twitter, Jed earlier today, Sid. This is pretty new for Sid. The last, the first time he turned on a on a coach like this was as recently as 1950 with Furry Dearman, <laughs> who was the greatest guy ever. Then Sid was one of the guys to get together and run him out of town after because Bud didn't like him. So. <laughs> Uh, this has been going on for... It's been the secret of his success for, what, sixty-eight, seventy 70 years now. You know, if you can't do him any good, you're dirt on his shoe. That's, you know that, Judd. You, hell, you experienced it. You were his guy, and then you became his mortal enemy. I helped write it. What are you talking about? Yeah, you were his guy, but then... Uh, someone suggested that you could, uh, Glenn suggested that you could replace Sid and you became the mortal enemy. I couldn't hold his jock, is that right? Yes, right. He's still mad at you because somebody else mentioned you. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I saw that. I got myself quite a hoot about uh, Tibbs was his guy. Tibbs was never going to be fired. Everything's fine. Tibbs made terrible trades. They were smart to get rid of <laughs> <laughs> He's the greatest. He's unbelievable. You know. Yeah. Pat, Somebody what are you You got
5: big Somebody weekend plans? What are you going to do this weekend, Pat?
1: Uh you know what? I was uh I was pooling it for a while today. I tweeted that out and got everybody mad at me, but I was just sitting on the deck out here and a rabbit ran past right on the deck. I damn near vacated every Bodily fluid I have. <laughs> down here, you don't know, you know, you think it can be a mongoose or some damn thing, you know. Down here, you don't like to see stuff move. It could be a python. It was, it was, this rabbit came by and I like had a heart attack. It was, uh, you know? Be careful. Was, and and plus when you see a rabbit or something like that running rapidly, you think something might be chasing it. So you don't want to see what
5: might be chasing us. Yes. Well, be careful and watch out for for the critters. We'll talk to you. (laughs) Anyway,
1: I gave you guys a premise. Try to figure it out over the weekend. Who's better than we thought they were going to be? About two people in the whole town.
5: Yeah, I I don't know.
1: I I think not many. (laughs)
5: Yeah. We'll we'll flush it out for next week. Talk to you on Monday for Unchained. Bye. Uh, Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Royce Unchained on (laughs) Monday. More of that. (laughs) I
3: love that. Uh, if the rabbits don't get him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if the rabbits don't
5: get him, he'll be there Monday. I love the, descript- the description by Pat. You know, when I was a kid, uh-huh. the, f- the first one that I figured out was the bunny. I don't want to like, if there's kids listening, but like the first one that I was oh, on to was, what you're was the bunny, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it took me like a full another year to figure out all the other ones. <laughs> the very... <laughs> I don't know. You don't catch out yeah, quick. My, my, my parents were like, oh, you're right about that one. What about these other ones? Oh, no, totally. <laughs> oh, and you bought so, it. Yep. Hook, line, and sinker. Yep. Yeah. Bye. So, All right, fun week, <laughs> yep. gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on demand at scorenorth.com, North.com. It's the new Score North on 1500.
4: At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub,